I, I want to pray right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. We know that man, no man come to the Father, say the Spirit draw them. Holy Spirit, create a holy appetite for more of you in our lives. You've created us with eternity in our heart. Today, Holy Spirit, I pray that the eternal one would become the thing, the person, the relationship that we desire above all. We ask it in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, our Savior. Somebody say amen. Amen. On this Pentecost Sunday, I felt like it was very important, felt like it was very strategic that you and I begin a three-week series on the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me preface this by saying the Holy Spirit is not a gas. Holy Spirit is not some ethereal thing with symbolism. It, he is a person. He, ha he is a person and he has personality. Now, I already feel the room. Many of you who are Pentecostal charismatic, you're like, ah, oh, preacher, preach that thing today. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there became a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Right. And, and, and the, the issue with the Pentecostal charismatic church is we know how to shout, we don't know how to live. He didn't empower us to roll around on the floor. He empowered us to live holy. And, and then there's the other side of the spectrum that maybe you haven't really been introduced to the third person of the triune God, Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Or, or you've been indoctrinated in a way that is not Pentecostal, is not charismatic. And so everything you know about a, a Holy Spirit is a spooky spirit. A weird spirit. A spirit that has snakes in a box under the pulpit. A, a, a thing that makes you talk in another language. Uh, um, um, this, this, this expression of worship that is weird and uncomfortable and odd and a little, a, a little bit ignorant. It's not really sophisticated. And, and, and maybe even if you come from some d uh, doctrinal denominational backgrounds, they'll tell you that the activation of Holy Spirit, it, it's demonic. It's, it's witchcraft. Listen, I, I don't want to do any of those things today. I, I want to focus in, and I'm, I'm going to be very much a teacher more than a preacher in this particular session, in this particular service today. Because I want you to have a working understanding of the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, I don't mean the Holy Spirit. I mean Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take the filter off by which we, in, we have been indoctrinated. And I want you and I to look at the text for what it says. And I want to prove to you in the text the significance of having the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That his desire is to have you for you to be filled with Holy Spirit. Now, before you get caught up in the gifts, before you get caught up in the fruit, listen to me. I just don't want to get caught up in what he brings to the equation. I want to get caught up in him. You and I are made to crave, and today I want to specifically speak on the infilling on this Pentecost Sunday, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the, the infilling of, of the Holy Spirit. Over, over the next three, three uh, weeks, I want to create a craving. I want to create an insatiable desire for more of Holy Spirit to be active in our life, not just on Sundays, not just at the 9 o'clock, more than the 11 o'clock, not just at Wednesday night Bible study, not just when you need him to show up because you're in crisis, but I I mean where you're sitting in a boardroom 
and you're trying to make decisions and you ask the one who gives you the spirit of truth and revelation that he brings to you the gift of prophecy. He brings to you the word of knowledge. He brings to you whatever the need is in that moment. Maybe, maybe he grows the fruit of love in an unlovable he brings the fruit of joy in a, in a very unhappy season. I, I, want to, I want to create a desire on the inside of you, starting with this Pentecost Sunday, on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And listen, it, I, I am less focused on the Pentecostal of Pentecost, and I'm more focused on the presence of the third person of the triune Godhead filling your life. Okay. Here's what I've learned. <clears throat> I hate to even say this because somebody's going to be used of the devil right here. My favorite candy bar is the mini Mr. Good bars. Don't be used to the devil and start bringing me bags. That's what I mean by that. Don't be used to the devil and start bringing me bags of, of mini Mr. Good bars. The devil is alive. I rebuke you. I'm trying to get my fat problems under control, y'all. So don't be used to the devil and start bringing me bags of mini Mr. Good bars. Listen, I'm, 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 by nature, I'm not a sweet tooth. I, I, I like, I love, I'm a foodie. I love food. And if I've got space... I want to eat more food. Bring me another piece of chicken. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today, are you? I'm, I mean, bring me another piece of chicken. I want some more homemade macaroni and cheese. Ain't nobody got time for that fake pecan pie. Because if you call it pecan pie, you don't know how to make pecan pie. Because it's not pecan pie, it's pecan pie. And the fact that you called it pecan pie is an indicator you don't know how to cook pecan pie. Hallelujah. Bring up here no banana pudding. Don't bring me no banana pudding. Bring me nana pudding. I mean, it's so good you lost the B and the A right off of Bring me nana pudding. Bring me nana pudding. Wait, you lost the B and the A and the G on the end of it. Just bring me banana pudding, nana pudding. And if you say banana pudding, you don't know how to make banana pudding. You go to the grocery store and you buy the, okay, the reason why it's Nana Pudding is because you don't put fake Nella Wafers on it. You put the real John Brown Nella Wafers. I said John Brown, sorry. I went country there for a minute. Sorry. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it's, uh, we were at our pastors and leaders. I'm by nature, I'm not a sweet tooth, even though I just talked about pecan pie and Nana Pudding. I, I'm, not, I'm not a sweet tooth by nature. I'd rather have more food. And we were at our pastors and leaders conference. They had little light snacks for the leaders that came in from out of state and everything. And, and I look over there, and they've got those miniature Mr. Good Bars. You know what I'm talking about. They're the mini ones. It's already got the crushed up peanuts on the inside of it. It's, so you're not having to, like, bite now. So you put it in your mouth, and it sits there for a minute, and all of it just kind of melts. Don't look at me like your mama don't love you. You hear what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, the devil is a lie. So I grab one. Y'all, I ate that one. I tasted and seen that the, the good bar is good. I looked at them. I said, who paid for this bag? They said, you the church. I said, thank you, Jesus. I grabbed the whole bag. I opened it up. And every Mr. Good bar I put off to the side. Not one person in this whole conference that showed up got a Mr. Good Bar but me. I got every daggum last one of them. I scooped them up. I handed them to one of our interns. I said, take these to my office and put them in my throat lozenge bowl. 
Because now I got a choice. Hallelujah. Do I want a throat lozenge or do I want a Mr. Goodbar? Y'all, I had one Mr. Goodbar. Mr. Goodbar turned into one. It turned into, you, you know they have the, like, the regular size candy bars, which is all the little mini ones lined up. And then they have the, oh, y'all know too. Uh-huh. They had a king-size bar. I ate like four king-size bars of the miniature ones, but I felt good because they were all minis. Okay, like, like within two days, they were all gone. Do you know why? I hadn't had a Mr. Good Bar in years. But once I consumed it, I craved it. And y'all know how it is because, like, you hadn't had McDonald's. Never mind. You ain't had McDonald's. And forever, and then all of a sudden, it's the only thing open, so you go through and you relive your childhood Big Mac. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I could do this like three or four times a week. Because watch this, what you consume, you will begin to crave. And I want you and I to not only consume, crave Holy Spirit, but I want us to be not consume Him, but be consumed by Him. Today's goal is to get you and I an understanding, and, and I want to do it as it relates to baptism at the 11 o'clock service. There are, there are three baptisms in your relationship with, with, with the Lord. Three baptisms. There are three baptisms. There's not just one baptism. And I know in Ephesians, some of you are already debating me theologically. Well, well in, in, in Ephesians, it says that uh, four or five. In Ephesians, it says that there, there is only one baptism. Listen, it also says there's only one Lord. But you and I know that there is one Lord, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the three are in agreement with each other to create one lordship. The same is true about baptism. There are three baptisms, and they're, they're distinct in their personalities and what they represent, but they're all in agreement. I'll prove it to you. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, by the way, is where we're going to end up today. They're, they're in agreement with each other to create one distinct understanding of the lordship principle of baptism in Jesus Christ. Listen, these three baptisms, number one, is, is the baptism of salvation. You are baptized into salvation. Number two, you are baptized into water. And number three, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. You're baptized into your salvation You're by the blood. You're baptized in blood. And you're baptized in water. And you're baptized in Holy Spirit. Listen, when I am baptized in the blood, when I'm baptized into my salvation, I am made perfect, watch this, in position, not performance. Now I have been born again, and now I am perfected in the position of being a child of God. I am now in the perfect position. Now, I don't have perfect performance, but I have the perfect position because of grace through faith that I can stand in the function of a child of God because I have been born again. I have been born, I have been baptized by the blood of the Lamb for without the shedding of the blood there can be no forgiveness of sin. So the blood will come in and I will be immersed into that blood so that when I stand before God, He cannot see me. All He sees is the blood of the sacrificial Lamb that was perfect in all the earth throughout all history and He'll no longer see me but at the sign of the blood that has been applied to my life I am able to walk as a perfected child of God by position not by performance 
because of grace through faith. Water baptism is a symbol of the cutting away of flesh. Literally, when I go into the water, I'm dying. It's a symbolism of death. That I have died to the old man. That, that when I am being baptized, I am, I am dying to the old man. The old man is drowning under the water, and I'm being raised to new life in Christ. I was baptized in the blood. I'm going to give you the scriptures for it here in a second. I was baptized in the blood. I was baptized for my salvation. I was baptized in water to symbolize what God was doing on the outside, what he already did for me on the inside. And then the third baptism is the baptism of the Spirit, the baptism in the Spirit, which is the empowerment of God to live the holy thing he expects me to live. I'm going to make three statements. Those of you that are taking notes, uh, th this is something you'll probably have to go back and listen to again or really study out because I'm going to hit you real fast. Um, if you want to follow along with me, just scan the QR code in front of you and it'll take you to my sermon notes there. I'm going to make three statements. I'm going to give you scriptures to back them up. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he baptizes us in Jesus. I want you to see this. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is where most Pentecostal charismatics get confused. I'm, I'm, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's baptism is when he baptizes us in Jesus. No man can come to the Father, save the Spirit draw him. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into the body of Christ. It was only the Spirit. It was the baptism of Holy Spirit that baptized me into the body of Jesus. So that when I'm baptized into my salvation, I'm baptized into the body of Christ. I'm baptized into the redemptive plan of Jesus. I am born again. The only reason I am born again is because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's baptism is the one that baptizes me into the beloved. I am in the beloved today because the Spirit drew me. I have been washed and I have been made new because Holy Spirit saw me dead in my trespasses. And he began to draw me and woo me into a saving place. And you know what I'm talking about if you got saved in church. You, you're sitting there and you're completely uninterested and you're only there because of a girl or a guy or, or whatever your excuse is. And you're kind of sitting there and you, you're unassuming. You don't really have anything to do with anything. And all of a sudden something just begins to tug at you. That's Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, your hands start getting sweaty. Holy Spirit's moving now. Your heart starts getting beat. And the preacher stands up and begins to make a call, make a plea for somebody to come to new life in Jesus. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there going, wait a minute. I believe he's talking to me. I believe she's talking to me. I believe that there's something going on. I need to make a change in me. I need to surrender. Holy Spirit is the one drawing. Holy Spirit is the one wooing. Holy Spirit is the one bringing us into that place so that he can baptize us into, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, the body. Body of Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. Statement number two. The disciple baptizes in water. Salvation. And now here we are in water. This is the great commission. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Go therefore into all the world. 
making disciples, baptizing them, speaking of water, in the name of the Father, in the, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That, that when we come to the water baptism, 11 o'clock service, it's one of the greatest days. It is like Super Bowl Sunday every time we do it around here. It gets bananas. This is why I'm preaching all the texts at the 9 o'clock. So because I'm not sure we're going to get past water baptism at the 11. It gets slapped crazy. There has never been a time that we have not had baptism. And by the time the service was over with, somebody who didn't plan on getting water baptized jumps in their clothes and all. And I, they're running to my office, getting towels out of my bathroom and grabbing towels. We're doing all kinds of stuff because God just drew somebody into because they wanted to come on record and say, I am dead. My dead man is dead and my new man is coming to life. I am on public ref record. Listen, it's not just symbolism. It's something powerful that happens when you say, I die to me so that I can live in him. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things drown in the water and all things are made new again. Baptizing. The word here in the Greek, it means immerse. Okay? Like, you know, I mean, I could get a water gun. Be easy. But you can, you can go in the water a devil and come out a devil, just a wet one. But when you realize, wait a minute, I'm doing what Jesus did. I'm coming into this moment and, and the old me is drowning, the old season is drowning, the old place is drowning, and I'm being raised to new life in him, that there's something that happens. And this is why we do it every multiple times throughout the year, because it's not just symbolism. And I'm here today to tell somebody, it's not in my notes, but I feel prompted of the Lord. If the last time, the only time you've been water baptized was when a child, when you didn't have a choice, I submit to you, maybe. You ought to choose to walk in your new season. Maybe you're having the limited season of your adolescent childhood because it's the last time you went on record saying, I'm dying to me to live for him. The disciples baptized in water. Number three, watch this. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you love Jesus? How many of you want to be like Jesus? How many of you want to be like, I mean, we, we can't be Christ, but we can be Christ-like. We can be his follower, and we can imitate him to the very best of our ability. And where we fall short, grace and mercy kicks in. How many of you want to be like Jesus? How many of you love Jesus? Hear me today. Jesus baptizes in Holy Spirit. I'm going to prove it to you in the text here in just a second. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the beloved, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For it's by the Spirit that we were all baptized into one body. But it is Jesus who baptizes us in Holy Spirit. Watch this. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, not of Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when he brings you into salvation. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is when Jesus takes you into a place of power. Let me give it to you in the text. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John, the Baptist, the water guy. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. There's salvation and water there. 
But he who is coming after me, speaking of Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Watch this. He will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit and fire. Why would John make the statement to people who he has just baptized in salvation and in water, that there's another baptism that's coming. What he's saying is there is something different that Jesus is going to baptize you in than I'm able to baptize you in. And listen, this is, this is not normal. There, there are only, watch this, there are only four things that all four Gospels deal with together. If you were to search the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and find everything that they both have in common where Jesus is saying the same thing, there are some things that Dr. Luke will say that others won't say. There are some things that the beloved John will say that others won't say. But there are only four areas in the Gospels that all four Gospels deal with. You ready? They are the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can, these are the only four things that all four Gospels deal with. Think about all the other things in the Gospels. The ten, parables of the ten virgins. The, the feeding of the five thousand. Even his birth. Only his death his burial, his resurrection, and the baptism in Holy Spirit, all four Gospels communicate about. Matthew 11, I mean, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 is on the screen. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 8. For I indeed baptize you with in water, but he will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John saying to all, answered all, said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandals I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. John chapter 1, verse 33, I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon him you will see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with or in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor, that's great. Salvation, water, Spirit, got it. Why do I need to be baptized when the subject matter is in feeling? Glad you asked. Here's my cup. The, the, I'm a simple guy, so the Lord just has to really speak to me in a very simple way so I can get it. Last night, um, it was late, and um, my son Noah has a tapeworm, and McDonald's was not open. So he comes in, he's slamming keys down, he's hangry. And I'm hungry. Well, make some food. There's nothing to eat here. There is a whole, anybody, anybody, anybody? The refrigerator's full, the pantry's full, 
but there's nothing to eat? You got 500 channels on your TV, but there's nothing to watch? You, you, like, mm, I'm, so I'm like, okay, son, this Saturday I need to be spiritual. You want me to make you something? I know it's 1130 at night. Do you want me to make you something? Oh, what you going to make? What are you going to make? I'm going to make you disappear. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you disappear. I'm going to make you dis. I'm going to make you concussed. That's what I'm going to do. And so I made him, okay, you're, okay. Velveeta shells and cheese. You, I'm not talking about the dollar. I almost said something other than craft box. You, you're like, you could buy eight of those for a dollar? I'm not talking about like when you open it up, you wonder if that's anthrax, the powder that comes up into your nose. I'm talking about Velveeta shells and cheese that, that you got to cut it open and get all the. Okay, so I made the box of cheese, and I'm sitting there going, all right, I'm going to serve my son. I'm going to, unto the Lord, as unto the Lord, as unto the Lord, as unto the Lord, as unto the, that's seasoning, that's just extra seasoning. And, and after it was all over with, I, I'm there, and I'm like, okay, now, what am I going to do with this dish? Because it's 1130, 1140 now, and I really don't want to wash this dish, so I'm going to let it soak. <laughs> and it's going to soak until my wife sees that dish. Hallelujah. Why is it this dish putting it? I'm letting it soak, honey. I'm letting it soak. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm running water in it, running water in it. And, and all of a sudden, it spills over. And, and there, there's a couple other things in the sink or whatever, and the sink begins to fill. And, and I'm looking at it, and, and I'm like, this is weird. Because, you know, the, the pot is full, but now the sink is being filled. So I dump all the water out to try to get all the remnants out of the pot into the sink. And I'm like, but, but now it's empty, so i got to have it full again. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, no, son, you don't have to fill it up with more water. Just baptize it. Because when I baptize it, it has a mouth. There's an opening. And the opening is for two reasons. Number one, for something that's in it to come out. And for something that's out of it that needs to go in can go in. He said, if you'll just baptize it. Is it full? If it's open, it's filled. If it's open, it's filled. That it doesn't matter how big it is, as long as the opening is open, when it gets baptized, it is infilled. This is why if we confess with our mouth because we have to open our mouth because if our mouth is open, the blood can be applied. Now, watch this. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the... Because if it's open... 
it can be filled. Salvation, water, spirit. Such a big difference for God. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, watch this, but to wait for the promise of the Father, talking about Pentecost, which he said, you have heard from me. For truly John baptized with water, there's water, and you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It took 50 days, okay, for the people in the upper room to move from water baptism into the baptism in the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, and now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of them, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, look at it, repent, salvation, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, water, for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's making a distinction between salvation, water baptism, and the receiving of Holy Spirit, the infilling of Holy Spirit. Watch this. Look at the text. Look at it grammatically for a minute, not just theologically. He says, repent, present tense. Be water baptized, present tense. And you shall receive, that is future tense, the gift of Holy Spirit. Do you see it? Because there is something that happens after water baptism, an opportunity for a third baptism. Let me give it to you in another, verse 20, uh, 39, Acts chapter 2. For the promise, watch this, of Holy Spirit is to you, is to your children, and to everyone who is afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. He's not promising just repentance. He's not promising just water baptism. He's saying there is another baptism that is coming, baptism in the Holy Spirit, that is not just for this day. And that, listen, and that's one of the theological distinctions of many denominations. They say, well, listen, that, that we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the tongues. We believe in prophecy. We believe in those things. But it was just for the 120 that was in the room. But that's contrary to Scripture. He says, no, no, no. This promise of the gift of Holy Spirit is not just for you, but it's also for your children and those that you haven't even seen that are afar off. If the Lord will call them, he'll bring them into another dimension mention of Holy Spirit baptism. You're still not convinced. Acts chapter 8 verse number 12. And when they believed salvation, Philip has he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. It's talking about water. Watch this. And now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, watch this, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet had fallen upon none of them. They had been baptized into salvation. They had been baptized in the disciples' water. But there was still another baptism that they had yet to receive. Okay, so let me, let me mess with theology for a minute. Doctrine. I won't say theology. Let me mess with doctrine for a minute. 
There are some denominations that believe that the Holy Spirit outpouring in Acts chapter 2 was just for this moment. This conversation we're having right here is two and a half years after the outpouring. You can't tell me that it was just for the ones in the upper room when the ones that were in the upper room are sitting here saying two and a half years later, did you receive the Holy Ghost? It, it doesn't work. For why would the ones in the upper room who received it that day be having a conversation about it two and a half years later? Okay, well, they're just talking about it. Okay, you ready? Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You're still not convinced. So let's go to Acts chapter 19. Okay. And it happened... While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. This is not sinners. These are disciples. You ready? Finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Look at what he said. We hadn't even heard of the Holy Ghost. Oh, let me give you context. This is 25 years later. Okay? This is, why, this is why the outpouring of Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was just for the 120 in the room. This is 25 years later. And this is being written by the Apostle Paul, the greatest apostle responsible for over a third of the text in the New Testament. He says... Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Listen, the Apostle Paul would not have asked the question if it wasn't a question to be asked. I mean, I'm teaching this morning. He, he would not even, like, he's the one that's got the theology locked in, y'all. And he's looking at people and saying, great. I see you're a disciple. I see you're saved. Do, do you have the Holy Ghost? We, we've, we've not even heard about Holy Spirit. <laughs> Look at verse 3. Watch this. And he said to them, well, what were you baptized in? Why are you even trying to do this? And they said, look at the text. We were baptized in John's baptism. In other words, water. Water. Watch this. He said that him, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, repentance, and saying to the people that they should believe on him who had come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Talking about salvation. Watch verse 5. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Speaking of water baptism. Look at verse 6. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Salvation, water, spirit baptisms. Come on, Chris. So why, why three? Why three? 
Well, I don't know is the short answer. You like that answer? I just don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why he did Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But listen, I'm his, his rules. Did you hear what I said? I, I, I don't get... It, and I used Noah just a minute ago, so it, let, let, me, let, me, let me finish that. You want something, and when the Father releases something to you, you want to determine how it's released. Only children act like that. Right? Right? And that wasn't our conversation. I'm just following that path. I need something. The Father initiates it. And then you want to dictate the game. No, 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 no. If you're going to come into relationship with Him, I don't know why He said it this way. But here's what I know. I want to be in relationship with Him. Most of us just want Him to be in relationship with us. Did you hear me? Jesus, I need you to join what I'm doing versus saying, Jesus, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I don't know why he did Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I don't know why he did salvation's baptism, water baptism, and Holy Spirit baptism. All I know is I'm thankful. Here's why. 1 John chapter 5. Look at the text. For there are three that bear witness. We're talking about heaven right here. You ready? The Father, the Word, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Okay, John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Father, the Word, the Spirit. And the, look at this. And these three are one. Now look at verse 8. Same statements. And there are three that bear witness on earth. So in heaven, there are three in one, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But on earth, there are three that bear witness on earth. You ready? The Spirit, the water, the blood. Salvation, water, Spirit, and these three agree as one. Look at the text. Verse 7 says these three are one. But verse 8 says these three agree as one. In other words, you can't be water baptized and get all of them. But when you get all of them, they become one very powerful thing in your life. They're not one but they agree as one. Watch this. Because salvation, I am made new in him. Born again. At water baptism, the old man dies. And at the baptism of the spirit, I now have the power to function as the new creation that salvation brought me into. Do you see it? Okay, now we're in the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, 
I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware of, of all that our fathers were. Watch this. All of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Hang on. They were under the cloud provision, but they all passed through the Red Sea. Watch this. Next verse. It's one of my favorite scriptures. All were baptized into Moses, deliverance, salvation. He was the picture of Christ, the deliverer. He were, they were all baptized into Moses. They were all baptized in the cloud. Okay? Acts chapter 2. Right? Acts chapter 2. And the cloud of God's glory, it filled the temple. Okay? Isaiah, you ready? They were baptized into Moses. They were baptized in the clouds. And they were also baptized in the salvation, spirit, and water. At every single place, there was a baptism. They said, when you came into Moses, I put promise in Moses. I put destiny in Moses. I put purpose in Moses. And when you trusted Moses, you were trusting me. You're being immersed in my salvation. I'm bringing you out of captivity. And when I brought you to the Red Sea, the reason why I parted it for you is because I needed you to go through water baptism. Where your enemy, oh God have mercy, help me here, you ready? There were two types of people that went in the Red Sea. The people of promise and the enemies of God. But only one came out and it was the people of promise. It was not the enemies of God. <laughs> and day by day, they followed the cloud. They were under the cloud. They were immersed under the cloud. The cloud, the Holy Spirit was leading them. Holy Spirit was guiding them. It was a cloud by day. Watch this. But it was a fire by night. He said, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in... Salvation, water, spirit. Now... Hey, let me teach one more moment. Okay? Three. I love, I love, I love the symbolism in the text. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Salvation, water, spirit. There's another three. It's called the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, there were three distinctions. There was known as the outer court the inner court and the holy of holies watch this in order for you to get where God was you had to walk through three things you ready the first thing you had to do was go to a brazen altar where the lamb had to be slain and the blood had to flow and the lamb had to die so that you could be saved. But it didn't stop at the baptism of the blood of the lamb. Then you move into what's called the laver. Watch this. This is where if anybody's going to go into further, they're going to have to wash. That laver is filled with... 
filled with water. It's filled with water. And if you're going to go any further, you can't take the debris of this life with you. Oh, God, you didn't hear me. Watch this. There's some debris that can stay on you at salvation. But when you move into water baptism, there is a sanctified. Oh, we don't want to like that word today. There's a purification. Let me give you one you might like. There's a sanitization that takes place. Salvation, water. Watch this. For anyone to go any further, they would take a flask. And for any person to go into the Holy of Holies or the holy place, the inner court, you had to be anointed with oil. They would take the oil and they would pour it over their heads for anyone to go further. Now, those of you that know Bible, you know that if you don't come to God the right way, you die. And they said there's no person that's going to go any further than the laver without the oil. The oil is a picture of Holy Spirit. They would stand there and they would take the flask of oil and they would baptize them. Y'all didn't hear what I said. So that when they got to the candlestick, they slid to the candlestick. They slid to the table of shoe bread. They slid to the altar of incense. And then they could slid behind the veil to stand in the very, there was not a piece of furniture that didn't have Holy Spirit on it. There wasn't a person that could go any further into intimacy with God without being baptized in the Spirit. Water, salvation, Spirit. Here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help you grasp that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the thing that gives you the power to move forward. Up until now, it's about getting all the stuff off of you. But when you get to the baptism of Holy Spirit, the baptism in Holy Spirit, it's not about what's coming off of you, it's about what's coming. For what good is it to be a new creation if you don't have the power to live it? What good is it for the old man to be dead yet you still function like he's alive? It is the baptism in Holy Spirit that gives you the power. Now, I know that if you were to go to AA, you would have to introduce yourself as the old man. Because once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once an addict, always an addict. You would have to always introduce yourself as if the old man was still there and you got a coin just to remind you that you can beat him listen 
you can beat him or you can let Holy Spirit drown him. Whom the sun sets is free. All things pass away and all things are made new. He can birth something in you that takes the look of the old life off of you by the power of the Spirit. Stand with me all over the room. Well, man, that preach is really good. But let's shoot the gorilla in the room. You ready? Do I have to pray in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me give you the real answer. You ready? What does it matter? If that's what it takes, pursue Him. Here's what I do know that only a container with its mouth open can be filled. I am not going to debate you on tongues. But what I am going to tell you, that only a mouth that is open can be filled. And if he wants to change your language, let him change your language. If he wants you to prophesy, let Who cares? I just want to get baptized and whatever part of the water comes in, that's what comes in. Who, who cares? If you speak in tongues, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's not about the manifestation. It's about the manifestation in the man. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's about him filling me. But the one thing I know, a closed container cannot be filled. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. All up. Wait a minute, I can't do that. Look at me, look at me. There are some of you, thank you Holy Spirit, you are in new seasons and you need to get in the water at 11 o'clock. There are some of you that have yet to be water baptized. Today, today. Today, today. Today's the day. I'll give you a book later to help you with your understanding. I gave, I've given you enough today to have an understanding of being dead, raised to life. There are some of you that have just recently given your heart to the Lord and never been baptized. Today's the day. Well, Pastor, I didn't bring clothes. There is a tar... Maybe, y'all, maybe you're a little more high class than Target. There's a Target right at River Gay. So with your bougie self, come on. Hallelujah. I feel prompted of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are in new seasons, and you need that old pain to drown. Some of you have recently given your heart to Christ. Some of you have never been water baptized, and some of you have only been baptized as a child. I'm here today to tell you, I just feel prompted of the Holy Spirit. Let him confirm it. And maybe I'm confirming it, what you're already feeling. Don't let this day go by without you moving into that. Because I'm telling you, somebody's going to find healing in this water today.
you're in a new season. It's let, let the old pain drown. Let the old wound drown. Amen. You know, when you scuff your shoulder, your knee or something, the first thing they do is they wash it. Some of you need to wash some wounds today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't know what baptism you need, but I believe the baptizer is, the baptizer is in the room. And I believe the baptizer is in your room. So whether it's salvation, whether it's water, or whether it's Holy Spirit, I believe the baptizer is in the room. Slip up your hands all over this place. You say, Pastor, that's, well, fill me again, God. I'm baptized in the salvation. I've been baptized in water. I, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, fill me again. Fill me again. Come on, I need every prayer warrior, every intercessor just to help me right here. Come on, every elder, every worshiper. That the atmosphere would be conducive for another fresh outpouring. <clears throat> Go back to Acts chapter 19 for me. Verse 6. Verse 6. Our online family, they're about to, they're about to transition to the host. <clears throat> but I, I cannot get out of this room. Look at the text. They had no idea what Holy Spirit was. But the Bible says Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. I believe by the laying on of hands, Holy Spirit, can, can you, there can be an infilling of baptism today. I believe there can be a baptism in your life today. By the laying on of hands today. I want every prayer, my prayer team, help me, Tisha, help me, Joshua. Come on, come on. Come on, Katie, come on, come on, right here. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, all over this room. Today, today, you're in this room, and you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've not been baptized in Holy Sharon, come help me. You've not been baptized in Holy Hannah, come help me. Baptized in Holy Spirit. Today I believe there's fresh outpouring for you. It's fresh outpouring for you. If you're in this room today's the day. I believe it. So simple. So simple. According to scripture, it's a gift. He is a gift. He is a gift. And if you've not been filled with Holy Spirit, you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I just want you very quickly and very quietly, very reverently, get out of your seat and meet me in this front right here. Just meet me in this front. Come on, well, Pastor, this is weird. This is awkward. Listen, it's your birthday. You're about to get a gift. You're about to have the power to live out what it is that God has decreed over your life. 
Come on. Come on. Come on. If you're here today and you're not saved, you've not been baptized into Jesus, into the body of Christ, by the blood, the salvation, today's your day. Right out of the seat, I want you to meet me in this front. Good morning, family. As we transition out of the main sanctuary and into this part of service here in the online, I just wanted to take a minute and pray for you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, God is there and God is with you. And if He's doing a work in you today, we just want to take the time to seal that in prayer and and really just declare the good things of God over your life. So Father, I pray right now, God, for everyone watching, everybody that's tuned in today. God, I pray that whatever they're going through, God, whatever they're facing, God, that you would show them the solution. God, that you would show them that you do as you say, and you work all things together for our good because we love you, and we're called according to your purpose. God, if you're doing a work in them today, God, a good work that you've promised, God, I pray that you would seal it right now. God, don't let it be just this moment. God, don't let it be just today, but let it be uh, into eternity, the thing that you're doing in them today. Because they were made to crave after you. They were made to desire after you. And God, I pray that you begin to build that up more and more and more, even right now, inside each and every person that's with us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And maybe you don't have the Lord in your heart today. Let's just take care of that too. All you got to do is believe and confess. So just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I am yours. Amen. It's just as simple as that. Now, everything else, living for Him is a little bit different. We have to start turning our eyes to Him. We have to start reading. We have to start praying. But as far as just getting Him into our life, it's saying, I'm sorry, and I want you. And from there, we can go. So please, if you made that prayer, just drop it down. Comment that you gave your life to the to the Lord, and we'd love to come alongside of you and um, just see you and help you as you start living this new life. Amen. We also want to give you an opportunity to uh, take part of the spiritual discipline of giving, um, whether it's tithes or whether it's offerings. So if you don't mind, just go ahead and take time to do that now to make sure that you are staying in line with the blessed life that he told us to be part of. That's right. You can do that very easily today. You go to judachurch.org and click on the giving tab. You can go to our app. Or you can mail it in, 12615 Steel Creek Road, Charlotte, North Carolina. Whatever way, however you decide to do it, don't miss the blessings that come with giving today. Amen. Hey Judah, if you've been watching online or coming for a while and you want to know more about our vision or to get connected, your next step is Growth Track. Our four-week class is on Sunday mornings at 9.15 during our first worship experience. For more information or to sign up, go to our Judah Church app. Hey everyone, on June 6th we're having our graduation Sunday. If you're graduating college or graduating high school, we want you to be a part of it. If you'd like to be celebrated and honored, come join us. Just sign up on our Judah Church app. We want to invite you out to our Vacation Bible School on June 15th through the 18th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. To sign up to volunteer or to register a child, make sure to visit us at www.judachurch.org slash VBS 2021 or visit our Judah Church app. 
It's gonna be out of this world. We can't wait to see you. We'll see you then. Over seven years ago, we would have never known what Father's Day meant to us as we never planned on having children. Four years ago, we dedicated Eden, and on June 20th this year, we get to dedicate Aria. It is a blessing and a privilege to be able to dedicate your children to the Lord. If you want to do so, visit us at judachurch.org and email us at info at as well. It is a moment that you will never, ever forget. today just want to take a minute and bless you with the blessing of the house Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 11 may the Lord the God of your fathers make you a thousand times more than what you are and fulfill every single promise that he's given you we'll see you next week we love you